Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is the dimension of imagination. It is an area which we call the Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. And welcome to this episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show, episode number 1,559. It's a freaky kind of day, and being a freaky kind of day, we have our studio freak with us right now. Kimmy, I got one name. it. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hi. Hi. I'm your host, Patrick Riley. Hello, handsome. You're a good-looking fellow. Do you know that? People laugh at you. People hate you. But why do they hate you? Because they are jealous. Look at that boyish face. Look at that sweet smile. You are not evil. You are good. Yeah, somebody finally said it on the Riley and Kimmy show. Right next to me is somebody who is very good. Uh, she's good, but she's also something else. And the strange one, the freaky Friday one, is right next to us. Hello, Kimmy. Hello. I'm sure you're doing quite well. I, I know you got your freak on because it is a... Friday. TGIF. That's what this episode is of the Riley and Kimmy Show. A Freaky Friday, actually, and a flashback. Freaky Friday, we only add flashback to it. And by the way, every single episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show basically is flashback because we focus heavily on the world of nostalgia and pop culture retro. Right, Kimmy? Mm-hmm. Memories. That's what we're all about. Hopefully, we bring back fond memories and maybe make some very good, pleasant future memories for you. And those that you can share with your friends. Be sure to tell them about the Riley and Kimmy Show. We offer a daily pop culture podcast. That's right. Something brand new every single day. We talk about movies, TV shows. Celebrities. Oh, yes. Music. And a focus on the golden age of radio. Some of those things that uh, influenced film and also comic books and TV shows. That is the golden age of radio. And it might surprise you what it did influence. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it's a forgotten medium, but we try to keep it alive or or introduce it to a, a new generation. And we do that on just about every episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show. And we have celebrity interviews and more. All our archived episodes are available on our website. Celebrity interviews, they're available there too. Also, pop culture news links and 
information is available, and platforms to take us anywhere on planet Earth to listen anytime, day or night. iHeartRadio, iTunes, SoundCloud platforms are available on our website along with our social media. Follow us and help the show grow by sharing it with your friends like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and more. All those links are on our website. What is our web address, Kimmy? RileyandKimmy.com Find archived podcasts of The Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com I'm Patrick Riley. I'm Kimmy. We're The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show we're available for your next event in Florida. Please consider the Riley and Kimmy Show for your pop culture or nostalgia-based event. Art shows. Exhibitions. Festivals. Grand openings. Home and garden shows. Car shows. Collectible shows. Conventions. Animal and pet-related events. Let us promote your event with customized commercials and interviews. Live on-site promotions and podcasts. Please contact us on Facebook Messenger. All communications kept confidential. Pop culture escapism. The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Shall we play a game? That's the big question on this flashback Freaky Friday. Does Kimmy want to challenge her brain cells? Go back in time and play a thrilling game of pop culture trivia. What say you, Kimmy? Absolutely. Okay, one of the warnings we have to say. The timeline has been adjusted. It's not necessarily running in chronological or linear order, or it could be. That's right, it could be running the way it's supposed to be. Regardless, help Kimmy out by talking to, shouting at, whispering to, whatever computing device you're listening to, the Riley and Kimmy show right now. Could be anything, because we are mobile, we are global take us anywhere on planet earth and kimmy actually believes in time travel answers you who are in her future and she who is in your past she believes you too can communicate so get ready to help kimmy with trivia here we go the very first question we have for you kimmy is not exactly a strong category for you hopefully igloo elementary school covered this subject matter the year is 1775 this person gives a famous speech encouraging people to join the Revolutionary War. Tell me who it is. It was reenacted during the Golden Age of Cinema. What is it the gentlemen wish? What would they have? Is life so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery? Forbid it, almighty God! I know not what course others may take. But as for me, give me liberty or give me death. Who is that? Who said that originally, Kimmy? Not the actor who who did it back in the 1940s. Uh-oh. Um. Name the patriot, Kimmy. Not a president of the United States. I don't know. It's Patrick Henry. Yeah. Yeah, okay, 1775, that famous... I was just going to say that. Okay, next question for you, Kimmy. The first recorded printed use of OK happened on this date in history. We will give you a plus or minus of 25 years. When did it happen? 
1920. Oh, way off. 1839, it happened in the Boston Morning Post. Okay. 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 The first successful photo of the moon was taken on this date, Kimmy. Plus or minus of 25 years. When did that happen? 1880. Not quite close enough, Kimmy. It was 1840 that that happened. Ooh. Okay. Three strikes, you're out. You then, ready? Then I get to leave. Do you want to leave? No. Okay, you sure? Yeah. All right. Well, this not. this is it. We have the ejection seat button ready to go. Oh, great. Yes, I'm, I'm doing that James Bond thing. I'm kind of flipping the old uh, the old uh, you know knob on the. Is that gearshift. why the seatbelt's gone? Yeah, that's why the seatbelt's gone. Get ready to go. Here we go. I I don't think we'll have to use it though, Kimmy. Pay attention. It was on this date, 1903. These two brothers obtained an airplane patent. Can you tell me who it is as you try to redeem yourself here? The two brothers. I think I'll get this one right. Ooh, you might. It's the Wright brothers. You're not wrong. It is the Wright brothers. Moving somewhere else on the timeline, it was on the state in history, the Dixie Cup was invented. Now, you just held a new box of Dixie Cups because you had me go out and pick up some before we recorded this episode. It's kind of weird. And I don't. I think they got germs on them. Actually, the the artwork, I don't know what that thing is. Yeah, not, you don't bring me flowers no. or any pretty designs. No, these, these little Dixie Cups have like weird squiggly germs yeah drawn on them. I like the art. Uh, it's kind of you know, weird. It's kind of weird art. I kind of like, but it was the only ones they had actually at the store, at the big W store when I went to get them. Now the question for you is, Kimmy, when did the first Dixie Cup come out? When was it invented? We will give you a plus or minus of 10 years. 1930? Uh, you miss it. It was 1912. The Dixie Cup came to be. <laughs> question we have for you, Kimmy, is about the phone. The first telephone was installed in the White House. What decade did this happen? Was it the 1920s, 1930s, 1940s, or 1950s? 1930s? It was the 1920s. It was 1929 the first telephone was installed. Oh, that was close. It's almost the 30s. It was the 20s. We asked what decade. I mean, we didn't give you a point. Oh, gee. Now, look, she's appealing to the judges. Because, yes, generally we give you a plus or minus of five years, they say we should give it to you. All right. The 22nd Academy Awards happens on this date in 1950, Kimmy. This individual wins for Best Actor. As a matter of fact, the film wins an Oscar as well for Best Motion Picture. Can you tell me the name of the actor or the name of the film? So you get a plus on this, uh, this questioning. Here is your clue. Listen carefully. It's about a hick. A hick like you, if you please. Yeah, like you. He grew up on the dirt roads and the gully washes of a farm. He knew what it was to get up before dawn and get feed and slop and milk before breakfast and then set out before sunup and walk six miles to a one-room slab-sided schoolhouse. Oh, this hick knew what it was to be a hick, all right. So he sat up nights and studied books. He studied law because he thought he might be able to change things some for himself and for folks like him. Who wins best actor or... Best motion picture Oscar goes to what film? Which one? 
All the king's men. Ooh, Kimmy got it. Now, is there? There's a chance here. Let's do, uh, for a plus. Can you tell me who played Willie Stark? Who won the Best Actor? Mm, no. That is Broderick Crawford, who plays Willie Stark. Fantastic film. If you've never seen that film, please check it out. It's still relevant to today about the world of politics and the deals and things that go on back, you know, in back rooms. Now, a lot of people think politics bad today. Well, you check back what happened 50 plus years ago in uh, the production of this piece, and you might say, eh, things really haven't changed much. The year is 1961. This song is recorded. Tell me the name of the hit. Can you tell me the name of that song? I can't help falling in love. Or I can't help falling in love with you. Who recorded that hit, Kimmy? Elvis. That's right. 1964, this Beatles' first book is published. The book is In His Own Words. Whose book is it? Paul McCartney. John Lennon. The year is 1972. This daredevil breaks 93 bones after jumping 35 cars. He is successful. Who is the daredevil on the bike? Evil Knievel. What a jump! Evil's riding the amazing strike cycle. That gyro power sends him over 100 feet at top speed. Loopy loop, and he's not through yet. Into the dragster. Evil's super street car with built-in drag chute to slow him down. What a hook! And now. Sky Cycle, that daredevil death-defying supersonic skyplane on wheels. And here he is on the super cool chopper bike with the power that can really rip. He's sensational. He's evil Knievel. He's a knockout. He's ideal. A little flashback Friday moment there, going back to the days of Ideal Toy and Evil Knievel. You know, we have one of those original Evil Knievels right here, Kimmy, mm-hmm. and, and the stunt cycle, too. Wish there was a great collectible show to go to. In the near future. I got some itching for some collectibles. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be cool, wouldn't it? Uh-huh. We'll keep our eye open for one of those in Florida. Yeah. I mean, that just focuses on collectibles. I love certain other conventions and stuff like that, but I'm talking about, you know, just collectibles like toys and, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. It was on this date, 1973, the last airing of this game show takes place. Now, they would reboot it many, many years later. The show in its original form had been ran for 15 years on... NBC TV. See if you can identify it with its theme. I see a puzzled look on Kimmy's face. The judges say, give her one clue, Patrick. Give her one extra clue. Okay, there was a home version of this game that was released. The game, whether you're playing the home version or the TV version, focused on the memory. Can you tell me the name of the game? Password? No, not password. It is concentration. Do you remember that at least? Oh. Sort of Did you ever see the game? They used to a lot of forgot school, all about that. Yeah. A lot of schools would use the concentration game uh-huh. or have it offered right there. Oh yeah. You, you do remember that. Uh-huh. Okay, moving to 1978. This group signs with A and M Records. Tell me who it is. Rocks. Who is it? The Police. Correct. 1979, this group releases its second album. Tell me the name of the band. Ooh, 
Can you tell me the name of the band? Van Halen. Yes, Van Halen 2. Their album came out on this date in 1979. The year is 1981. CBS TV says they're going to reduce this television program to a 30-minute show each weekday morning. Tell me the name of the TV show. Captain Kangaroo. You're right, Kimmy. They reduced it and eventually cut it down Good to the weekend. Good morning, Captain. Come on out and play. Wake up, sunshine. Share this rainy day. Good morning, Captain. It's a smiling song we sing. Cause we're happy to see you. And the good times that you bring. Everybody sing. That was the secondary theme that they had for Captain. I like the original theme. So do I. Yeah. Okay. And yes, they cut it to weekends eventually and then eventually just completely canceled it. That is Captain Kangaroo CBS TV. The year is 1985 and we are moving to weddings. Celebrity and notable weddings, that is. Billy Joel marries a model, Kimmy. Can you tell me what model does Billy Joel marry on this date in 1985? Christy Brinkley. Yes. What year, within two years, did they divorce? Hmm. 2000? It was 1994 that they divorced. If you have the opportunity to see Dick Cavett, an interview Dick Cavett did with Billy Joel, actually on his estate, Billy Joel's estate, it's fantastic. It's one of the best interviews I've ever seen Cavett do. And Billy Joel's very relaxed. It's in his environment. He's... And uh, he's, at the time period it's done, he has just gotten married to Christy. So it's mm. kind of a fun interview, very positive interview. And he talks about the creation of music, which I think is fantastic, listening to him talk about how he creates songs. So it's mm. a re- really good interview. The year is 1985. This person held his first concert. He holds it in San Antonio, Texas. Identify the recording artist. Ever since you've been leaving me. Can you tell me who that is? Julian Lennon? Yeah, that's exactly right, Kimmy. The year is 1986. The sixth Golden Raspberry Awards comes out. Now, what is a Golden Raspberry Award? What is it? Um, that means if you stink. <laughs> okay. It, it means not the best, right? Right. Well, the worst actor for the 1986 Golden Raspberry Award, he wins for two movies that year, Kimmy. He was in two different movies. Okay. See if you can identify the voice. Worst actor. I want... What they want. And every other guy who came over here has spilt his guts and gave everything he had once for our country to love us as much as we love it. That's what I want. Can you tell me who that is? Sly Stallone. Correct. From Rambo First Blood Part 2, he got the Worst Actor Award for uh, Golden, well, the Golden Raspberry. And also for Rocky IV, uh, he got one for that as well. Mm. Worst Supporting Actor. Kimmy, the movie is St. Elmo's Fire. He wins the Worst Acting Award or Worst Supporting Acting Award. The 1986 Six Golden Raspberry Awards goes to... 
home. In everyday life, there's just no way to be out of hand. <laughs> Gotta be so. You know, if it ever got to be too much, I just too much. Oh God, that's out of hand. Don't you ever think about it? Not while I'm still a virgin. Why didn't you ever tell me that before? Come on, I mean, all those guys you went out with that. Well, Stewie Newman. Can you tell me who that is, Kimmy? He played Billy Hicks, St. Elmo's Fire. Emilio Estevez? Not Emilio. Oh. oh, you know this person. Rob Lowe? Yes, it's Rob Lowe. Uh, that's who. I, I thought, have you ever seen that movie, St. Elmo's Fire? Yeah. You did see it? Yeah. More than once? No. Okay, I have a feeling it must have been a date movie. No. Okay. Not sitting by yourself in the movie theater movie, was it? I don't remember. You didn't, okay, you didn't go with one of those giggly friends of yours, right? I don't remember who I saw it with. Okay. I really don't. All right. I uh, only saw it once, though, even I, though Rob Lowe was in it. I only saw it one time, and I was working at a radio station. We have free movie passes. You could go any, I mean, as many times as you would want to go. I mean, you could sit all day and, and see movies all day and, and the next day. But I only saw that movie one time, and I don't know if I stayed throughout the whole thing because I can't remember a, a single thing about that movie. Mm. It's years, very forgettable. Yes. The year is 1987. This daytime drama premieres. I prefer soap opera. See if you can identify it. Can you tell me the name of the soap opera? The Bold and the Beautiful. Whoa, okay. I guess you like that one. I... Saw it occasionally. What network aired that one? CBS. Oh, she's on a roll now. You feel better than what you did at the beginning of this Freaky Friday uh, trivia, uh, right? Yeah. All right, the year's 1998. The 70th Academy Awards happens, Kimmy. Best Picture and Best Director. Uh, there's a, a Academy for the same thing. Get it? You know? Mm -hmm. the, the, yeah, okay. See if you can tell me who wins Best Director and tell me the name of the movie that wins Best Picture. Here's your clue. It's brief. I know this is a tough one. <laughs> Many people are shouting at you right now and whispering the answer. I know you need that help. Kimmy, can you? I don't even know if you've actually seen this movie. Can you tell me? Oh, once or twice. Okay. Can you tell me who won best? Well, first of all, what is the movie, or the best picture? three times or four. Okay. Titanic. Be okay. Best picture. Correct. And who? Best director. James Cameron. Correct. Moving to best actor. And I'll give you this much of a clue. It's not from the movie Titanic. Okay. Person that wins is not from the movie Titanic. As a matter of fact, best actress is not from the movie Titanic. But the actor and actress are in the same movie that get the Academy Award. Are you ready for your clue? Mm -hmm. Listen carefully. Here's a scene with the two together. They both win at an Academy Award. They left. Yeah, what do you know? Brian says he doesn't care how long you've been coming. You ever act like this again, you're barred for life. I'm going to miss the excitement, but I'll handle it. Three eggs over easy. Two sausage, six strips of bacon with fries. Fries today. A short stack, coffee with cream and sweetener. You're going to die soon with that diet. You know that. 
Now we're all gonna die soon. I will, you will, and it sure sounds like your son will. If you ever mention my son again, you will never be able to eat here again. Do you understand? Give me some sign you understand. Or leave now. Do you understand me? You crazy f Do you? Hey, I'll get your order. Kimmy, can you tell me the actor and the actress that win the Academy Award and bonus points if you can tell me the movie? That is Jack Nicholson and Helen Hunt in um, As Good As It Gets. You're right. Now, the movie didn't win, but they both won Best Actor, Best Actress. Best Supporting Actor, not from Titanic. See if you can identify who this is, Kimmy. He wins for Goodwill Hunting. This might be the one time I'm speechless. Oh, uh... Thank you so much for this incredible honor. Thank you for putting me in a category with these four extraordinary men. Thank you, Ben and Matt. I still want to see some ID. <laughs> Thank you, Gus Van Zandt, for being so subtle you're almost subliminal. <laughs> I want to thank the cast and crew, especially the people of South Boston. You're a can of corn. You're the best. Uh, and uh, I want to thank Marsha for being the woman who lights my soul on fire every morning. God bless you. And most of all, I wanna, I wanna thank my father up there, the man who, uh, when I said I wanted to be an actor, he said, wonderful, just have a backup profession like welding. <laughs> thank you. God bless you. Who wins Best Supporting Actor? Robin Williams. Correct. Best Supporting Actress, not from Titanic. I know that's a surprise. Best Supporting Actress wins for the movie L.A. Confidential. Tell me who it is. God! Yes! Thank you! Thank you! Thank you! Wait a minute. Um, we did only get 30 seconds. And, um, and to give a thousand thank yous, uh, I just want to thank everybody I've ever met in my entire life. Um, Curtis Hansen. Curtis Hansen, Curtis Hansen, the cast and crew from the movie. I could not have done this without them. Annette Wolf, my great friend Georgia, uh, my sister Ashley, my husband Alec, my baby girl Ireland. Um, if anyone has a, has a dream out there, just know that I'm living proof that they do come true. Thank you so much to the Academy. I'm so grateful for this. And Daddy, this is for you. Can you tell me who won Best Supporting Actress? Kim Basinger. That's correct. Moving to something else on trivia, the year's 1999. This song is released. It goes on to sell over 8 million copies. Tell me who the recording artist is. Who is that, Kimmy? Ricky Martin. You're right. 2004, this recording artist releases his fourth studio album. It's called Confessions. It would win Billboard Album of the Year, Grammy Award Best Contemporary R&B Album for 2005. Here's one of the singles, reaches number one, called Burn. Tell me who the recording artist is. I don't think it's going to change you. I do, but you don't think it's best we go our separate ways. Yeah. I should stay in this relationship. Baby, I ain't happy, baby. Cause there's so many other things I gotta do. 
Kimmy, can you tell me who that is? Usher. You got it right. Celebrity and notable birthdays. Famous people born on this date in history. Academy Award winning actress born 1904. Kimmy, tell me who it is. It's my firm belief that Trog is the missing link. And the prime objective of our program will be to gradually pull Trog across the time span right into the heart of the 20th century. Academy Award winning actress, but not for Trog. Can you tell me who it is? Joan Crawford. Born 1904. What decade did she pass away in, Kimmy? The 1950s, 1960s, 1970s, or 1980s? 1970s? That's correct. 1977 at the age of 73. Next person, comedian. He did stand-up and a lot of television work. Also, game shows. He was a frequent on Hollywood Squares. I think you've watched that show, correct? Mm Mm-hmm. So, let's see if you can identify who was born on this date. Here's your audio clue. I got off the plane this morning from Washington. A little kid with his mother at the airport, he looks up, he saw me, he says, there's one of the Muppets. And then people say, well, where does it come from? Many years ago, Buddy Hackett and Phyllis Diller had an illicit love affair. (laughs) And they had a love child. I had my love I come back here right in the lot outside. A woman walks over. Is this the way you look when you're not on television? (laughs) Yes, ma'am. Thank goodness. I thought there was something wrong with my glasses. (laughs) And I came in from Washington, our nation's capital, one of the most beautiful cities, but one of the most dangerous you ever saw in your life. They talk about crime in Chicago and crime in New York. A guy got held up, and a stick-up man took his ring, his watch, his wallet. He said, you want half of it back? Guy said, what do I have to do? He said, walk me home safely. Can you tell me who that is, born 1922? George Goble? No. Good guess, because of Hollywood Squares, that's Marty Allen. Died at the age of 95. Remember he had the big, like, Afroid kind of hair? Remember remember him on Hollywood Squares and stuff? Okay. Next individual, musician, a founding member of a certain band. He had a number of hits with that band from 1978 to 1988. He played rhythm guitar with the band and sang lead vocals on a majority of the songs. In the mid-80s, he had a single, though, a solo that charted number 15 on the charts. Tell me, who's having a birthday? Is having a birthday, Kimmy. Rick Ocasek. Correct. And what band was he founder of? The Cars. Who's gonna drive you home tonight? How old is he today within five years? Mm, 70. 75 today. So you get that one. Next person, singer, celebrating a birthday. Tell me who she is and how old she is within five years. Here's your audio clue. I think one of the best songs of the 1980s right there. Definitely a club-based song and a top 40 song. Can you tell me who is celebrating a birthday? Shaka Khan. Correct. How old is Shaka Khan today within five years? 69. 
She's 65 today. Next individual, tell me why he is on the famous list. His name, Moses Malone, born 1954. Um, he was an athlete? Be specific. Uh, he was a basketball player? That's right, Kimmy. Born 1954 and passed away 2015 at the age of 60. Tell me why Amanda Plummer is on the birthday list. An actress? That's correct. She is 61 today. She's known for her work on stage and for her roles in such films as Joe vs. the Volcano in 1990, The Fisher King in 91, Pulp Fiction in 94, and The Hunger Games Catching Fire 2013. Next individual, Kimmy, tell me why he is famous. We're going to ask a second question if you get it. Richard Grieco, or if you prefer, Richard Grieco. That's the proper pronunciation, but mm. more people know it as Grieco. Can you tell me who it is? Why is he famous? He's an actor? Correct. Actor, model. He was part of a TV show, a hit TV series for a brief period of time. Can you identify the TV show? Do you know what it is? No. Here's your clue. We never thought of finding a place where we belong. Don't ask to stand alone. Never let you fall. Don't need permission to decide what you believe. Can you tell me the name of the show? 21 Jump Street. That's right. He was part of Jump Street from 88 to 89. He played Dennis Booker. Remember Booker? Because they made it a spinoff and he had his own series, mm. Booker, from 89 to 1990. He wasn't on that long. It went into oblivion. Really. All right. Well, you, you did a fine job there. Okay. I see dead people. Notable deaths. Celebrities, famous people who died on this date in history. Identify this person who died 1964, Kimmy. At the age of 59, he died from a stroke. Listen carefully. Here's your audio clue. I, a poor peasant, have conquered science. Why can't I conquer love? <laughs> he shall be shut up when it's I who am mad. <laughs> but nobody knows that. Each man kills the thing he loves. Can you tell me who passed away 1964? Peter Lorre. That's correct, Kimmy. What are you going to do? Start quoting The Raven next? Okay, the year's 2011. He did The Raven with Vincent Price. And, okay. Uh, okay. I knew that. Sure you did. Okay. 2011, this actress dies at the age of 79. Kimmy, known for cinema. She did some television, but known for cinema. And also as a businesswoman. See if you can tell me who passed away, 2011. You see, people always used to ask me why my favorite color was purple. Then they'd even warn me, don't you know the purple denotes passion? To which I answered, well, what the hell's wrong with that? I have a great passion for life, for love, and above all, for caring. I spent a year and a half working on this fragrance to capture the elusive and haunting qualities of of my passion. I have a passion for people, and I hope you do too. Whether you know it or not, you're a part of my family, and I thank you for unleashing the family secret of passion to every woman and every man you meet. I'm counting on you to unlock the beauty and emotion of our passion in women. 
I would like to share with you the creation of. Yeah, she was also on a general hospital for a brief mm-hmm. spell of time. Can you tell me who passed away 2011 at the age of 79? Elizabeth Taylor. You're correct, Kimmy. I think you did a fantastic job on this Flashback Friday. Thank you very much. We're going to go back in time and honor something we talked about on Trivia with the Golden Age of Radio. a special golden age of radio tribute matter of fact we have a couple of them two available on our website first with this episode we conclude with a tribute to elizabeth taylor she did golden age of radio and we have a fantastic episode called i mary peabody it's from 1950 elizabeth taylor is the star of that radio production as a bonus on our website we have a golden age radio tribute to joan crawford who was born on this date in 1904 We have an old-time radio show, a production she starred in. Also available, a separate production, a Golden Age of Radio tribute to Peter Lorre, who died on this date in 1964. Now we kick off our tribute to Elizabeth Taylor. Here's I, Mary Peabody, from 1950, on The Riley and Kimmy Show. I, Mary Peabody... I'm not nearly as handsome as my younger sister, Sophia, nor as intellectual as my elder sister, Elizabeth. To make matters worse, I am the only one of us to inherit our father's painful shyness. Well, I shall overcome it. The very next time I meet a young man, I shall be gracious and charming and, and perhaps even a little bold. I shall smile at him and... Oh, goodness me. Six o'clock already. Mrs. Clark has been chiding me for being late for supper. I better go down right now. Time, 1833. Place, the boarding house of one Mrs. Clark in Boston. Good evening, Mrs. Clark. Oh, good evening, Mary. Can I help you set the table? Oh, no, thank you. Will your sister Sophia be down to supper tonight? No. She has one of her headaches again. Oh, shame. Poor girl that she's so delicate, so pretty and poetic looking, too. (laughs) Not like your sister Elizabeth. Oh, good evening, Mrs. Clark. Oh, uh, well, good evening, sir. I trust I'm not late for supper, my first night. Oh, no. No, indeed. Uh, Oh, Mary, my dear, may I present Mr. Horace Mann, Miss Peabody? How do you do? How do you do, Miss Peabody? Well, I must see how Annie's getting along in the kitchen. Will you excuse me, please? Uh, uh, Will you be here, Mrs. Clark's long, Mr. Mann? Well, uh, as long as the state assembly is in session. Oh, Oh, I didn't know you were a member of... I mean, politics must be a very interesting career, is it not? Oh, interesting enough, although actually it's what you'd call a sideline with me. Oh, You see, my real interests lie in the field of education. Really? Well, that's very interesting. You know, my sister and I have a small school. Indeed. Oh, but of course, Miss Peabody's school. I've heard a great deal about it here in Boston. Well, I'm I'm very happy to meet the founder of the famous institution. Oh, but that's not me. I I mean, 
That's my elder sister, Elizabeth. Oh. Uh, Miss Peabody, I wonder if someday you'll allow me to pay your school a visit. Why, we... we'd be delighted. Good. Uh, have you always had an interest in education, sir? Miss Peabody, I was one of 13 children. And because my father was poor, I had only a few days of schooling until I was nearly 15. My own experiences have convinced me that we should have, throughout this great new country of ours... A sufficiency of public schools which all children, rich and poor alike, could attend and... Oh, but I'm afraid I'm boring you. Oh, no. No, indeed, sir. I find it most interesting. Please go on. Mary, are you in here? Oh, Elizabeth. Yes, here I am, dear. Elizabeth, allow me to present Mr. Horace Mann, my sister, Miss Peabody. How do you do, Miss Peabody? How do you... Mr. Horace Mann? The famous educator. At your service, madam. Why, I've read your book on the theory of the public school. It was fascinating. Really? Well, I, I, I am pleased. Elizabeth, Mr. Mann said he'd like to pay us a visit at the school. Yes, indeed I would. I'd like to observe how you handle the younger children especially. Would you? Would you really? Well, those are my classes and I'd be glad to show you. Now, there's you. nothing very unusual about what we're doing with those tiny tots, Mary. I should like to have Mr. Mann visit my classes, the older children. But Elizabeth, Mr. Mann said... Why don't you come tomorrow, Mr. Mann? Tomorrow? Yes, come at 11 when Mary is taking her little ones out for a walk. That way we'll have the whole place to ourselves. <laughs> Hello, Sophia. Why, Mary, back from dinner so soon? I wasn't hungry. How's your headache now, dear? Better. Any new boarders at the table? One, a, a Mr. Horace Mann. Oh, is he nice? What does he look like? Why, I, I didn't notice. I wasn't particularly interested. Oh. Well, um, were his manners agreeable? I guess so. Uh, he's interested in education, when he talks about it, he gets very intense. Intense? How? Oh, his eyes light up. They're very dark and deep-set and brilliant. And his hair, it's prematurely white, you know, and, and he sort of tosses it. And the interesting way he gestures with his long, graceful fingers. <laughs> I see. You just didn't happen to notice what he looked like. Oh. Uh, was Elizabeth there? Well, yes, of course. Oh, what do you mean by oh? Well, I was just thinking. Of course, we all know what a wonderful person Elizabeth of is. Of course. So energetic and intelligent and and such a good sister to us. Yes, she really is. But, Mary, you mustn't let her overshadow you so with, with everybody. It happens all the time. Sophia, I think you're right. Why, just tonight with Mr. Mann... I she... imagined as much. Now, the thing is, Mary... Are you going to do anything about it? Yes, I am. From now on, Sophia, I'm going to be entirely different. I'm going to be bold, forward, dashing. I'm going to... Oh, Elizabeth. Feel better, Sophia? Good. Mary, will you lend me your black bomb bombazine for this evening? My new dress? Yes. What did you think of our new boarder, Mr. Mann? Why, well, I think he's... Oh, there. you'd like him, Sophia. When you feel better, you must come downstairs and I'll introduce you to him. Oh, but now I must hurry. Are you going out, Elizabeth? Yes, with Mr. Mann, to a lecture. Oh, and Mary, may I borrow your gloves to go with the dress? Well, I... And your blue scarf, dear? Oh, thank you. Now I must hurry. I don't want to keep Mr. Mann waiting. Good night, Sophia. Good night, Mary. Well, I was certainly 
dashing, wasn't I? I certainly stood up for myself that time. Well, the weeks went by. I saw very little of Mr. Horace Mann, then only on the stairs and in the dining room. But I was resolved that when the next opportunity presented itself, I would be as I had promised Sophia, dashing and, and even bold. One day as I was crossing Boston Common. Well, Miss Peabody, good morning. May I uh, walk with you? Why, certainly, Mr. Mann. I'm on my way to the offices of the Evening Star to place an advertisement for a secretary. A secretary? Yes. Is it... Is it to help with your work in the field of education? It is, Miss Peabody. Mr. Mann. Yes? I... I trust you will not think me unduly forward, but... Yes, Miss Peabody? I... I... Yes? I, I write a very clear hand. Very large, too. You could read it across the street, almost. And... And I'd be very glad, would be most pleased. Yes, Miss Peabody? To assist you in preparing your papers. That is, if, if you should think me adequately qualified. Well, Miss Peabody, this is extremely kind of you. No, indeed, I assure and you. And generous, too. I accept your offer gratefully, Miss... Uh, may I, may I perhaps call you Miss Mary, now that we are better acquainted? Why, yes, certainly. I mean... Yes. Thank you. And now, pray take my arm and we'll return to the house, shall we? Well, Miss Mary, I should like to get started immediately. Certainly, Mr. Mann. Now, let's see. Um, where had we better work? Upstairs in my room, I suppose. Oh, I, I don't think... What, Miss Mary? Well, I don't think that is... Not in your room. Oh, of course not. Forgive me, Miss Mary. Uh, uh, where then? Uh, in your room? Oh, no. Oh, I, I, I didn't mean that. Uh, forgive me. Uh, perhaps we could use the schoolroom. We'd be quite alone there. I, I mean... Mr. Mann. Oh, hello, Mary. Hello, Elizabeth. Uh, good afternoon, Miss Peabody. Look, Mr. Mann, see what I have here. Two tickets to Mr. Ralph Waldo Emerson's lecture tonight. And I hereby invite you to accompany me. Oh, I'm sorry, Miss Peabody, but I'm afraid that oh, I... Oh, nonsense. You must come. I've told Mr. Emerson all about you. He's very much interested in meeting you. Is he really? Oh, well, then, in that case, perhaps... But, uh... Mr. Mann, what about the work? I mean, isn't it urgent? I suppose it could wait until tomorrow. After all, a chance of meeting Mr. Emerson. You will forgive me, will you not, Miss Mary? Oh, yes. Certainly. I forgive you. Continue our DuPont play. Mary Peabody sits at the window of a rooming house in Boston, musing about life and a career and Horace Mann. The next afternoon, I did get to work with Horace Mann. It was very pleasant indeed. 
And I must say, he took great pleasure in complimenting me on my penmanship. He also seemed to listen breathlessly. His wonderful dark eyes glowed with interest at every word I uttered about education. One evening, I arrived home from a stroll on the common to find that poor Sophia had fainted and been carried up to her room. Sophia! Oh, here I am, Mary, in the rocker by the window. Mrs. Clark just told me. Oh, she I'm said... all right now. It, it was just one of my headaches. Uh, uh, Mary, I understand that Mr. Mann paid you a visit at the school today. Yes, he did. What did he have to say? Well, he, he complimented me. Oh, thank goodness, at last. And what? He thinks I have a very sweet, intelligent manner with my pupils. Oh. What about your manner with him? Does he like it? He didn't go into that. Oh. Mary, do you love him? Do you? I... I don't know. Well, I do. And I think you ought to do something about it. Mary, where is Elizabeth tonight? Well, she went to Bronson Alcott's lecture with Mr. Mann. She did, huh? Very well. Mary, I'm going to settle this thing once and for all. You're going to have your chance with Mr. Horace Mann without any competition from Elizabeth. But, Sophia, you can. I can, too. Oh, Mary, sitting here in this rocker tonight, I've thought of the most delicious plan. Now, you just go to your room and leave Elizabeth to me. Poor Sophia. Oh, you poor child. Oh, it's this dreadful climate here in Boston, Elizabeth. I know it. Oh, dear. I wonder if perhaps Dr. Winwoody isn't right after all. Dr. Winwoody? Uh-huh. Remember what he said? Something about uh, a, a sea voyage, wasn't it? A sea voyage? Oh, yes. Don't you remember? He said the invigorating salt air might cure me and... Oh, do you think it might, Elizabeth? Well, it's possible, Sophia. Why don't you try it? Perhaps a trip to Cuba. Oh, or... I couldn't. Why not? Lots of reasons. I couldn't go alone, could I? But it isn't genteel. Oh. Of course, if I had someone to go with me... Elizabeth! Why don't you? Me? Yes. Oh, you're really the only one who soothes me when I'm ill. But, and... Sophia, how can and I... And you do need a rest, Elizabeth. You've been working so hard. I'm afraid I can't. I am sorry, Sophia. Oh, it's all right. Oh, oh, my poor head. Oh, dear child. Is it very bad again? Oh, terrible. And getting worse every minute. Oh, perhaps I'd better get Dr. Winwoody. Oh, it's no use. I know what he'd say. Sophia. Yes, Elizabeth. Do you really want me to go on this trip with you? Oh, yes, Elizabeth. All right. I'll go. You will? Oh, Elizabeth, how good you are to all of us. <laughs> oh, Mary, 
I, I can't help laughing when I think how poor unsuspecting Elizabeth walked right into the trap. I still don't think it's fair. And, and how do I know Horace is interested in me? Well, this is the way to find out, isn't it? By throwing the two of you together. Sophia, couldn't you think of a more genteel phrase? Yes, but I prefer this one. Oh, there you are. Hello, Elizabeth. I have the most incredible news. Mr. Wainfleet of Beacon Hill has offered to sell us his bookstore. He has? Oh, Elizabeth. And it's so successful, too. The terms are generous. And we could make enough money out of it to enlarge the school and... Oh, isn't it wonderful, Sophia? Well, perhaps. Go on, Elizabeth. Well, there's nothing else to add. Except, of course, that I'll have to remain here in Boston... Naturally. Oh. In that case, Elizabeth, I believe I've changed my mind about taking that trip. Oh, Sophia, you can't. You've got to go for your health. But I tell you... Yes, you need that trip, Sophia. You must go. But, Mary, I'm not going alone. I know. I'm going with you, Sophia. Now, excuse me while I go in and pack. next day we sailed for Havana, and the trip proved most beneficial to Sophia's health. When we arrived in Cuba, I managed to procure a position as governess with an old Spanish family in the interior, and Sophia came there to live with me. Soon, our only connection with the outside world was the weekly letters that Elizabeth sent us. One day, an especially interesting one arrived. Well, go on, Mary. Read the rest of it. And so, dear Mary... I had a most fascinating conversation with dear Horace Mann last night. Well, does she say anything about Horace sending his greetings to you or, or, or why he's never written? No. Go on. And when at last he got up to go, I said, Well, now, sir, I do not feel that I have said even half of all I wanted to say. For answer, he took both my hands and drew me for one moment absolutely into his arms. Into his arms? Well, well, I must say. Go on, Mary. Say it. Sophia, do you feel well enough to go home? Of course. When? As soon as possible. By the very first boat. And the moment I see Elizabeth, I'm going to tell her. Into his arms, indeed. <laughs> Well, Miss Mary, it's a great pleasure to welcome you home again. Thank you, Mr. Mann. Have you seen my sister, Elizabeth? I believe she's uh, giving a lecture this afternoon at Harvard College. That's why she wasn't at the pier to meet you. Oh. I wished to go myself, but, well, uh, I didn't. Thank you for your kind intentions. You were occupied with politics, I presume. No, as a matter of fact, I wasn't. Oh? I refrained from going to the pier at the suggestion of your sister. What? Elizabeth told you not yes, to... Yes. She didn't think it was uh, genteel, since we are not uh, affianced for me to... Uh... One moment, please. Since who are not affianced? You and Elizabeth, or, or you and... Oh, oh, no, no, not Miss Elizabeth. No, indeed. You and I, Miss Mary. That's also why she asked me not to write to you in Cuba. She asked you not to... You see, 
She had asked me point blank what my intentions were. And I had told her the truth that I... I didn't know. Oh. And then she hastened to mention that it was just as well as it was obvious you were interested only in your career as a teacher as she is. She did? Elizabeth told you that? Elizabeth? Well... Well, I must say. Mary, how are you? Elizabeth. You look wonderful. Where is Sophia? How does she feel? She's up in her room. Oh, I must go up at once. Dearest, I have so much to say to you. Elizabeth, after you've seen Sophia, I'd be grateful if you stepped into my room. I have a great deal to say to you, too. And this is one time I fully intend to say it. <laughs> Now, Elizabeth, exactly what is the meaning of all this? All what, Mary? All this talk of Horace not to meet me, and you in his arms, and that he shouldn't write me, and I'm not interested in marriage, and you in his arms... Mary, are you sure you feel all right? Perhaps the voice... I feel perfectly all right, thank you. And for once in my life, I'm going to say exactly what's on my mind. My dear, my dear, you're raising your voice. Certainly I'm raising my voice. Why shouldn't I? You do it all the time, don't oh, you? Oh, me. Everybody knows how excitable I am. But you, Mary, it's not becoming. It's not genteel. I don't care whether it's genteel or not. And I'll tell you something else, Elizabeth. I'm just as excitable as you are, inside. But I've always had the good manners not to show it, to keep it bottled up. Oh, my poor sister. What have I done to you that makes you speak to me this way? I'll tell you what you've done. For two years now, you've kept me away from the man I love more than anything else in the world. The man I'd willingly die for. And not because you wanted him yourself. No. I could understand that. But because you're so interested in yourself exclusively. And your projects and your desire to show everyone how brilliant you are. And to run their lives for them. Well, you're not running my life, Elizabeth. And now, with your permission, I'm going downstairs and tell Mr. Horace Mann that I love him very much. And I'd be the happiest woman in the world if he'd kindly do me the favor of marrying me. That's how genteel I am. Miss Mary, I... I couldn't help overhearing what you just said to your sister. Oh. Oh, my goodness. I was just coming up to tell you... Oh, do you suppose... I, I mean, did anybody else hear... Oh, yes. Every boarder in the house was listening. Oh! Oh, my! Miss Mary, when I told you I had not made up my mind, uh, about us, I mean, it was because there was one thing, one, one small thing holding me back. Yes, Mr. Mann? Miss Mary, you were so uh, shy and, uh, and uh, genteel. It was almost as though you were lacking in the emotional... Uh, um, uh, attributes a man properly expects uh, of a wife. Uh, do you understand? But, but... Uh... Oh, but after overhearing you just now, Miss Mary, I no longer am aware of this impediment to our marriage. Miss Mary, will you marry me? Oh. Oh, yes, Mr. Mann. Thank you. And you will oblige me, please... By calling me Horace. Oh, yes. Horace. Yes. 
so, Horace Mann and I, Mary Peabody, were married. It was a signal for Elizabeth Sophia and myself to separate and take our places in the life and society of our times. Elizabeth went on to found the first kindergarten in America. Dear Sophia married a brilliant writer, Nathaniel Hawthorne. As for Horace and myself, well, we went west to found Antioch College and worked towards establishing a public school system. Yet, through the years, and they were many and our paths apart, Elizabeth, Sophia, and I remain close in our hearts. As we take leave of you now, it is our wish that you will sometimes think of us not as women of vigor and wit and accomplishment, but rather as we were in the days when we were young, the puberty sisters of Salem. If you enjoyed that golden age of radio production, be sure to follow the Riley and Kimmy show. We feature old-time radio shows from time to time. We have archived episodes available right now on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Some of them have old-time radio episodes on them. Please tell your friends about the Riley and Kimmy show. Help us grow. Our social media links are available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. That's R-I-L-E-Y and Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y, dot com. If you friend, follow, and like us, we will friend and follow you back. Also, be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal-based, about pets and animals, too. We have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy Show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Find archive podcasts of the Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.